It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, an exciting new advance in thermal imaging out of Purdue University. We talked to Associate Professor Dr. Zubin Jacob, who tells us this new technology could one day be useful in a number of industries, including automotive, medical, and defense. And it's called HADAR. It stands for Heat Assisted Detection and Ranging. It's kind of broadly similar to radar, uh, sonar, LIDAR. These are approaches to really get a three-dimensional understanding of a scene using some special sensors. So what is unique about HADAR is that it uses thermal radiation signals that are always present in the environment to get information about the scene. And this could be used for autonomous navigation. It could be used for nighttime driver assistance and a bunch of other applications. Right. Now, I've heard about thermal imaging before, like some police departments use it and the military uses it. You see movies where they're outside and they've got their night vision optics on and they got their sensors and and they can kind of magically see through the walls of, you know, this compound and the bad guys are in there and they say, well, they've got 11 bogeys at three o'clock. So how is this different from what we see in the movies and on TV now? All right, great question. So I'll start by explaining a little bit about thermal imaging. So uh, what thermal imaging does is that this basically is just a camera and the camera is capturing images, but it's really using a type of signal that is invisible to the eye. So if we are taking a picture with a cell phone, the cell phone camera gives us an image very similar to what you see with your eye. Now, in the thermal image, the signal is actually invisible to the eye. That's what makes thermal imaging so special. And it can work even in pitch darkness. So in the nighttime, even though there's no sunlight, there's no light which is shining on your object, it turns out that all of us, any building, any tree, grass, human beings, they all emit thermal radiation. And that radiation signal is what is captured by the thermal camera. Now, it turns out that when we look at these thermal images, they lack texture and they lack contrast. So it's very difficult to get significant actionable information using these thermal images. I think the example you gave her was very nice. Let's say that you want to count the number of people. So let's say there are three people somewhere and it's not really visible with your eye, but the thermal camera can tell you, oh, these are, three, these are the three people there. But if you want a lot more insight, like there's a grass, are they standing behind the tree? Is there a fence over there? And if you want a lot more insight, similar to if you were to take a visible frequency image or a cell phone camera image, it's really difficult to do that with today's thermal imaging. So the advance that we have uh, through HADAR is in a way the next generation of thermal imaging. So we use advanced sensors a little bit beyond what is available in the thermal cameras today. So we have slightly modified sensors and we also have very unique software algorithms that actually allow us to extract a lot of information from this thermal image. Okay, so if somebody had one of those thermal imaging devices now, this would kind of be the next gen of that, right? 
eggs. That's the right way to think about it. This is the next generation and it does require some advances on both the hardware and the software. But that's kind of how most of our technologies are really moving towards. I mean, we have the next generation of the iPhone and we have the next gen generation of the iOS. So it kind of is very similar, but it's really meant for thermal imaging. Can you explain why something like this would be superior to the kind of sensors that they have now on autonomous vehicles? So in the current generation autonomous navigation, they use a host of different sensors to collect information about uh, pedestrians, about the pavement, the road, other vehicles, and then try to navigate around that. Now, it turns out that as soon as you go towards low light situations, it could be late in the night, or it could just be fog or rain, or it could actually be solar glare that is actually blinding your sensors. I mean, we've all driven in the evening time when the sun is at an angle that it shines directly into our eye. Uh, it really blinds that at least for a few seconds or so. And that's kind of dangerous for the autonomous navigation vehicle to actually have that solar glare right into its sensors. Now, what HADAR can do, because of the way it collects the information from the thermal radiation signals, it's actually robust to nighttime autonomous navigation. It is robust to fog, rain, as well as solar glare. So there are a bunch of advantages that are present in HADAR that's not present in today's sensors. It is definitely a challenge to really bring together our HADAR into a small compact form factor that can fit into a vehicle. But th those are things that we are really working on and we hope to make progress very soon. I see. So right now it's like the size of a room or something, like, like in a big supercomputer there at Purdue? You know, it's more the size of your microwave oven. Okay. So that's the size that we are at. The, the sensors themselves, uh, they are the size of the microwave oven. And it does require rather large computer to actually work with all this data. But now that we have done this proof of concept demonstration in the nighttime, that you can indeed see through this pitch darkness and get images like it was the daytime, we now believe that, okay, now we can put in all the effort to make that microwave oven-sized hardware into something that will just fit in the palm of your hand. So that's one of the main goals that we would like to do. As I'm thinking about it, I'm imagining two advantageous scenarios, and I'm sure you've thought of them before. But one, I'm thinking for drivers, particularly for older drivers or people who are visually impaired, that this might be a really nice add-on for somebody who actually was still driving their car, but maybe they had some vision issues at night. And then obviously the military would be all over this because they want to know where all the hostels are at all times. And they're, you know, a mile away and there's a bunker. And somehow with this technology, they might be able to tell how many guys are in there, right? Absolutely. So the first one is really providing a driver assistance system to say people who may have trouble driving in the evening or they may have uh, won't have the type of vision that they had maybe like a few years back but they still want to really go out and drive with the same level of confidence that they had before in those cases this type of hadar system can be a really effective driver assistance system that actually warns them about kind of various activity, even deer in the night, 
right? Being able to really sense that there is a deer waiting in maybe the bushes and is about to cross exactly when your car goes through. So that type of warning systems can really be made possible through HADAR. And about the second topic that you touched upon, absolutely yes. I think the defense industry and the military can greatly benefit from this advance in thermal imaging. They already use thermal imaging on the field all the time. So that's really something that is very widely used and deployed. So we believe that we are building on some of the existing knowledge and existing kind of technology and taking it to the next generation. It's also interesting when you think about, for example, going back to a driving situation, whether it was an autonomous vehicle or just your regular car and you were driving, sometimes like at least in this part of the country in the winter, you're driving and all of a sudden there's a whiteout, you know, there's there's snow. Whereas before you could see everything and then all of a sudden you can see nothing and you're going 70 miles an hour on the highway. I mean, that's a really dangerous situation. That's a very good question. You know, so those are the type of questions that we are going to work on. So it's a it's a really tough question because we have not tried out HADAR in, in extreme kind of whiteout situations in the snow. We have reason to believe that it can provide really useful information about the scene, even when the human eyes cannot sense the surroundings. But those are kind of really important research questions that we are working on right now. And just testing out the system in different conditions. The first step was really the nighttime. We are going to move towards fog and rain. And then definitely the whiteout in the snow is one of those important goals that we want to move towards in the very near term. Right, because I was just thinking as I was kind of making up that scenario, like as a heat sensor and you're in the middle of a snowstorm, that might make it pretty hard. But if it's AI assisted, like, you had talked about, I mean, maybe somehow the algorithm, the software could compensate for the change in the temperature and it could still detect things, even if it's like, you know, 10 below outside or something. I don't know. You tell me. No, no, that's a good question. You know, and and I was going to come to that. You know, one of the things about thermal imaging is that we require the sensor to be colder than the environment. So that's a requirement. So that's how the signals are collected. And if it's, say, 10 below zero outside, we would require the sensor to be maybe 15 below zero. Oh. So that, yeah, so that it's a little colder than the ambient. And those are things that I think can be built into the uh, sensor system using what is known as a thermoelectric cooler. So it's a type of cooler, in fact, Uh, Some of the vehicles, you know, you may have seen it, that there's a cooling system inside the seats. Right. Yeah, or or a heating system or cooling system within the seats. That's actually a type of thermoelectric cooler in certain generations of cars. We already have a cooling and heating system in many vehicles. So trying to build it into the thermal imaging system won't be that difficult. So, so that's the first step to be able to really get the sensor to adjust to the environment to be a little colder than the environment. And uh, so having said that, you're also right that once we collect enough data, say within this kind of snowstorm type of scene, we will be able to calibrate both the sensors and the information so as to actually get more insight, even in the presence of this whiteout. 
And that's something that AI algorithms have become really good at in the last maybe five years or so. Okay. Well, you know, and all this sounds really, really positive to me, but what if I was somebody that was really sensitive to privacy situations and and I was worried, oh no, you know, now the government or cops or whoever, the spies, they're going to be able to see inside my house and you know, they're going to be seeing me sitting at my desk and God knows what else. Now I'm scared. What, what about that? No, you know, this is a valid concern. We all have that, right? So we, nobody is really fully safeguarded in the privacy today because of all the online stuff. But I want to ensure and assure all the listeners that, you know, thermal imaging cannot see through walls. This is very important that uh, you actually require a different type of imaging to actually see through walls. It turns out the heat radiation is blocked very effectively by the walls of your house. And in fact, the glass that you use on your windows, it turns out that you can see through glass because the visible signals can go in and out. But turns out that simple glass blocks thermal radiation. So as far as privacy is concerned, thermal imaging is one of those technologies that actually does not invade on your privacy. You could be behind a glass wall and the thermal radiation signals would not escape. And that's actually to do with the special properties of silica material. But if I was in my car, it would be different though. You know, what we can see is the car, the fact that the engine is hotter than the rest of the car. We can see the paint and we can see the glass. But in thermal images, the person behind the glass is actually unknown. So we cannot count or see through this glass windows. So there are kind of advantages and disadvantages to thermal imaging. But in this case, you know, as far as autonomous navigation is concerned, we only want to see the location of the car and navigate around it. The information about the number of people inside the car is not directly relevant to the autonomous navigation agent. Oh. Okay, that makes sense so, to me. Yeah, so this technology, I want to assure the audience is that it does have uses in defense and military, but the kind of technology that we are envisioning will have a, a lot of privacy kind of inbuilt. Right, and so at least for some of the consumer applications, the applications that people would use for cars or for business and that kind of thing, you wouldn't have the same kinds of aims for it as the military would have. And the military has really very different kinds of things when it comes to privacy and everything else than we do. We just assume that that's going to be the case, right? Yes. No, right. you're right about that. I think it's really very application specific. And one of the things that has recently happened, and I think that these developments can be incorporated in HADAR, is that we can actually collect images which are encrypted at the hardware level itself. So in other words, these images, as they are collected may make sense to a specific machine algorithm, but for any other application, these images are encrypted to the point where it cannot be used for anything other than that one specific application, which might just be, say, seeing deer at night. So it's so application specific that any images collected outside of that specific scenario is of no use to any third party uh, at all. Okay. So that's great. I mean, this sounds super interesting. So I know you're working on it now and, and you're developing it. 
So where is it in terms of its development from this is a cool idea and we've got a proof of concept and commercial application? How far are we between those two points? You know, I would say, optimistically speaking, we are maybe two to three years away. So I'd say we require two to three years of optimization, packaging, um, getting it stable for repeatable performance, uh, bringing the cost down and getting it to the to the market. So I believe that within three years, we are hopeful that you will start seeing Hadar at least in the hands of some users. And that's the, the goal for our research team as well. So your target market then is the auto industry, right? At least at this point. Absolutely, yes. At this point, we would like to work with the auto industry. I mean, I'm in Indiana. I believe you are in Ohio. So in, in the Midwest, I mean, we've had a long history of being kind of at the forefront of uh, car manufacturing and um, automobile industry in general. So I think that uh, we expect the adoption to actually happen starting from the Midwest, maybe in, in the next few years or so. And having said that, I also want to say that there are other applications which actually can blossom out of this HADAR. And one of those things is actually in healthcare. So it turns out that there are many cases where knowing the temperature of the human body with very high accuracy, knowing the temperature of the skin, knowing the temperature distribution across various kind of parts of the body can be a very good diagnostic tool for certain illnesses. Now, it turns out in the thermal imaging, it's completely non-invasive and non-contact. That means all you have is just an image. And this allows us to, HADAR allows us to actually increase the temperature accuracy of the human body and the skin to a very large extent. So we think that there will be other applications that will stem out of HADAR, but we are going to start with the autonomous navigation industry. If they would have had this, for example, during the pandemic, remember how you would go into a hospital or a doctor's office or even some people's regular offices and they'd have to take your temperature and they'd wave that thing across your forehead and they weren't all really all that accurate. If you had something like this, you could just like walk through the door and get scanned and then they'd know, right? This is an excellent point. We actually mentioned this in the research paper as well because the paper was under review during the time of COVID. So we did mention this in the paper that, you know, one of the things that HIDAR provides is a very high accuracy in temperature estimation and we can do it through an image. So instead of just even one person at a time, I mean, even if there are like four people walking through the door, because we have an image of the four people, we can actually give the accurate temperature estimate of all four people together, and it'll be much more accurate than it's done today. That was Associate Professor Dr. Zubin Jacob, who's heading the HADAR Research Project at Purdue University School of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Thanks to him for taking time to talk to us today, and thank you for listening. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.